Yeah. I mean, you can look at my friend list on Facebook and over 2,500 friends. And right. I have tons of people that I interact with. But when it came down to like the nitty gritty, who are you going to call at two o'clock in the morning? Who's going to be there for you? You know, I didn't know. And I was, I had a lot of friends, but were the friendships that deep? And I found myself always fighting that. Like, well, why would they want to hear from me? You know, um, why would they want to go deeper with me? But I found a lot of it is I wasn't willing to be vulnerable um, and really put in the work and being willing to go first. This is my new friend, Callie. And today we're talking about how to deepen friendships because a lot of us may have some friends, but we don't feel like there's any substance to it. It's super shallow or it always stays at surface level. So we're going to go there today. My name is Noelle Rhodes and you're listening to episode 32 of Friending, the no-nonsense, all-practical, and sometimes hilarious podcast show that helps women like you and, yes, me, grow life-giving friendship because we need friends. This world is crazy and we need some people to walk alongside of this craziness. Anyways, today we're talking about how to deepen friendships and I'm really excited because this was a question that came up from our friending survey that we sent out a little while ago. Every once in a while, we'll send out a survey to our friending squad, our Facebook group that we have, which you are more than welcome to join. I am personally inviting you right now. Go to the show notes and you can find out all about our squad there. But one of the things that we do to make sure that we're serving you, the friending listener, well, is send out these surveys. And we asked... What is one question that you have for friending, a topic or a situation or something in terms of friendship that you would like to know more about? This was a question that came up in the survey, but many women have reached out to me either via email or direct message and have asked me, how do you deepen friendship? Some of us have many friends or at least a good number of them, but we don't feel like we have friends that we have deep connection to. We may know them from the fact that their kid plays on the same soccer team as our kid, or maybe we were in a small group together at one time, or perhaps we've been neighbors, but we haven't really grown roots to the friendship. And I want just to say, first and foremost, before we get into this amazing interview with Callie, that This is an issue many women feel. Like, you're not the only one. I'm not the only one. There's lots of us who are going, all right, well, I've got friends, but I don't feel like we're going anywhere deep with this. So if you're feeling that way, it's not like something's wrong with you. This is a problem right now in our culture and society. Lots of friends, right? We see on Facebook, you can have 20 million friends on Facebook, but you can at the same time not have one woman that you would confide in. So I'm excited for you. This is going to be a real treat. We're going to answer this question in this episode. And I also want to just say at the end of this interview, I'm going to kind of give us three takeaways and a question to think about for this week. So stay tuned. Now, without further ado, here's my new friend, Callie Cowan. Callie, meet friending listeners, friending listeners, meet Callie. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what season of life you're in, where you're from, all that stuff. 
Well, I am a 36-year-old mother of three. I have uh, children who are eight, seven, and four years old. So that's kind of an all-consuming thing in and of itself. Um, but I actually work full-time as well in the nonprofit world. I've been doing nonprofit work for about 10 years now. But my background is as an attorney. So I um, went to law school, practiced law for a little bit, but then God redirected my steps into the nonprofit world. Um, and I'm also married. Um, my husband and I have been married for 10 years, but we actually met when we were in middle school. So we have been friends for a very long time, um, had a great solid friendship before we got married. And I live in Venice, Florida, which is actually where he and I both grew up. So we left for school, um, but we moved back home about seven years ago, I think now. And uh, that was a whole interesting process of coming back home. And so we have lived here and raising our family here, go to the same church where we met in middle school. So it's kind of a fun way to live life in a kind of smaller community. I always like to find out, are you an introvert or do you consider yourself an extrovert or introvert, extrovert or extrovert, introvert? What do you, what do you identify as? I'm pretty sure I'm just all out extrovert. Extrovert. Okay. I am too. <laughs> I get energy from being around yes. people. Actually, I remember when I was studying um, in law school and I was living by myself and I would be studying all day on a Saturday. And I remember I would just run down to the closest TJ Maxx, not because I need any money to buy anything, but I just needed people. Like I just needed to yes. see humanity. And so I definitely get energy from being around people. And uh, so I would say I'm definitely. You're an extrovert. extrovert. I am too. I literally had six weeks of recovering from a surgery and I really didn't go to too many places. Um, but when people would visit, I would just like keep them captive and ask them a bunch of questions. I'm like, I just need to be with people. Um, what is your big passion? Which I know you have one, but I'd love for you to share it with our friending listeners. Yeah, I, I believe that God has wired me to be an advocate. That's the background of law. Um, and yeah. that I am... I'm an advocate. And so one of my passions is being an advocate for children who are in foster care. Yeah. And so I work for an organization that serves children who are in the foster care system. Mm -hmm. And I've actually just started that um, about a year and a half ago, I joined that, but that's been a lifelong passion for me. My little sister was adopted from the foster care system when I was 15 years old. Wow, she was a baby. So cool. Wow. And I was 15. And so watching that process, yeah. um, that'll change you. Yeah. That'll that's change you. Awesome. And and so I've always had a heart for orphans, um, for those in the foster care system. I've done work in Romania. I've done work in Guatemala. And then um, now doing a lot of work domestically. And so a lot of what I do with um, the TWIG is what it's called. The TWIG has a store where children who are in foster care can come shop for free once every month that they are in care. And it's okay. like they're walking into any other store. Very um, nice items. Everything is either new or the kids think it's new. Everything is hung and tagged by department. We have dressing rooms. So it's a really empowering experience. Right. Sometimes kids are taken into care with nothing but the clothes on their back. So mm -hmm. we're able to welcome them in for a new placement appointment where they can pick out a whole new wardrobe, but then they keep coming back every month that they're in care. And I think that's a really valuable thing because it gives them a place to belong. Sometimes right. they'll change foster care placements, but um, they come to the twig every month and actually we write wow. their names on our wall. And so they see their name on our wall, know that somebody knows them by name, cares for them by name. And uh, so that's a really fun thing to do. We serve about 350 kids every month. And a lot of what I do is going out in the community and speaking and raising awareness and interacting with the agencies and um, hoping to be an advocate and yeah. 
this is, an, this is a, a situation that's going on all around us, but a lot of people aren't aware. And so how can I be their voice? And so that's what I've been doing. Um, but that, that piece of advocacy is really where I feel like God has wired me, has prepared me. Um, and so I've done advocacy work and um, I worked for a pregnancy center before this. I was the executive director there for over six years. And so advocating um, for those women and their babies and help, helping to set them up on the best course of life possible. And then now moving into this, working with children in foster care, which was since I was 15 years old, really my heart and my passion. And so it's been really exciting to move into that space. Callie, that is so freaking cool. I'm so glad that we're becoming friends. Yes. I've got, I've got so many questions to ask you, but I'll save them for later. Okay. Okay. So it sounds like you're kind of busy. <laughs> You've got so a that's an understatement. full on life. And so we are actually talking today about deepening female friendship, which I think is a challenge, especially when you're busy. But I would love to, th- I would love to hear what you think is a reason why women do struggle with their female friendships, kind of going past that surfacey level. You know what I mean? Like going deeper, being able to be vulnerable, share passions, share pain. So what do you think? I think a lot of it comes down to that word vulnerable. Um, I know you just did a podcast on the Enneagram. I am an, I'm an Enneagram three. Okay. So all about accomplishment. There's a lot about image there, a lot about keeping appearances. I also was an executive director. I was a boss, you know, for over six years. Um, I've been on staff at my church. I speak, I preach, I'm preaching next weekend. So there's this element of when you're in leadership, it can be really hard to kind of turn that off and understand how to be vulnerable, how to be real, how to let people in. And I got to a point, it was over, just over a year ago, I read a line um, in this book called Grace Not Perfection by Emily Lay. Hmm. And it just really resonated with me. She said, I often find myself fighting the idea that every woman already has enough friends. Wow. I was like, yes, I do that. Yeah. I mean, you can look at my friend list on Facebook and over 2,500 friends. And right. I have tons of people that I interact with. But when it came down to like the nitty gritty, who are you going to call at two o'clock in the morning? Who's going to be there for you? You know, I didn't know. And I was, I had a lot of friends, but were the friendships that deep? And I found myself always fighting that. Like, well, why would they want to hear from me? You know, um, why would they want to go deeper with me? But I found a lot of it is I wasn't willing to be vulnerable um, and really put in the work and being willing to go first. That's what I realized I had to do. And so um, I actually came across on a weekend, I was feeling incredibly lonely when mm. I read this. I opened up my Right Now Media app. And I saw that Jenny Allen had released a new study called Not Alone. And it was a study on friendship. And I was like, okay. I started watching the videos and I was like, this speaks to me. (laughs) And then I realized I'm probably not the only one. If this is affecting me, it's probably affecting other women. And so I just decided on a whim, which is, this is so how I tend to do things, but (laughs) I'm like, all right, I'm going to do a small group at my house. Any other women feeling this way, come on out. And I had over 30 women show up the first night. Oh my gosh. I love it. Because everybody was saying, yeah, it's me. And I mean, I had anywhere from girls who had just graduated high school up to, I think I capped it like 40 was supposed to be the cap, but we had a few that snuck in just over that. And people saying, yeah, I feel, I feel lonely. And recognize, and we walked through all this stuff about what does friendship mean? And we talked about how the word friend has become to mean so many things that 
you can friend someone on Facebook that you met at a conference one time and had a great conversation right. with, but are they really a friend? <laughs> so you know, true. But acquaintance so true. sounds weird. You don't want to call yes. them an acquaintance, but, um, but really unpacking that. And what I actually realized through the course of that study is I did have some really good friends mm. that I was discounting. Yes. And that I wasn't putting yeah. in the work. And I wasn't also appreciating that, oh, I do have some really good friends. And I could tend to disqualify things like, ah, oh, well, I don't know. Are we really that close? Rather than just being like, let me embrace these friends and let me pour into these friendships and worry about depth, not breadth. Again, being an yes. extrovert, I make friends very easily. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. But I don't necessarily take the time for the depth, um, the depth of friendship. Mm. And I've had to learn that from my husband. My husband mm. is incredible, an incredible friend. He is the most loyal person you will ever meet in your life. And when he becomes friends with somebody, he means it. I mean, he still texts <laughs> friends from elementary school on their birthday. Um, uh-huh. He is so close, but he always says, I already have enough friends. I don't need more friends, which of course I'm like, that just sounds rude to me. But I finally got it because he recognizes depth of friendship is important. And at some point he doesn't have any more to give and he wants to be a good friend to the friends that he has. And he kind of taught me this idea of rather than worrying about, I need more friends, I need more friends. How do we go deeper with the friendships that we have that God has put in our life? And so that's what the journey has been for me. Hmm. And it's rich and it's rewarding. And I think it is what God intended for friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than just accumulating friends, um, it's about depth, I think. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you just hit the nail on the head. It's, there is a temptation to think that the more friends, and I'm doing air quotes for those of you who are listening, the more friends you have, the more important you are. And then when really things go bad and you need somebody, you're going, okay, I have 100,000 friends, but I have nobody that I feel safe enough to be vulnerable with. And so people ask me all the time, how many friends should I have? And I say, well, remember, you only have 24 hours in a day, seven days a week. You got a family, you got a calling, no more than five, probably, you know, you can't stay on tabs with 25 people. And that's the, and that's hard for people to grasp because right now in our modern times, our Facebook has 2,500 friends. Our Instagram has thousands of quote unquote friends or followers they're not our friends. They're not the people that we're going to call and say, can you drive me to the airport at 3am so I can catch the red eye? They're just not those people, but you can really invest in, in five to eight people. I think, you know, if you're going to put a number on it, I think you can't do more than, than the days of the week, to be honest with you. And I would, I would agree with that. And I don't know that I would have agreed with you a couple years back. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm seeing that it takes time and investment. I mean, that's how you develop a friendship. It's just really, it's time. And you can't, you can kind of speed up that process. Sometimes there's shared experiences right. that make yeah. you go deep pretty fast. Yeah, totally. Um, you've got to put in the time. And again, in our busy lives, there's just not that much to go around. And so it doesn't mean that you're rude to other people. And that's what I thought, always thought my husband was being, was rude to other people. Yeah. No, <laughs> I can invest in them. And again, being in a leadership position, yeah. um, I know a lot of people in our small town but it doesn't mean I have to try to go deeper with all of them. Realize who are the ones that God has put in my, we call it our six mile radius. My husband, I have this term that goes into a lot of other things too, but in our, who's in our six mile radius that God has put in our lives um, 
that we just really do life with. And we've got a couple friends like that. And it's been really um, rewarding to see the depth of those friendships grow, but it does take time and intentionality and making yeah. it a priority. Yeah. Yeah. Cause friendship is not organic. It's intentional. I, it I, I say that so many times. I'm sure the friending listeners are sick of it, but I always say what's organic is that social spark where you're like, Oh, this person's interesting. I could be friends with them, but the actual friendship is totally intentional. You have to intentionally invest. One of the things I love that you did was you invested in this study by Jenny Allen not alone, which I love. And it's a funny thing. I totally unplanned. I'm, I'm, I'm endorsing it, but she's not paying me to any way, shape or form. But I just think, you know, you realized there was an issue. You were lonely and you felt like your friendships were shallow. And so you took a step to learn about how to do friendship better. And I think some of us feel a little bit weird about that. Like maybe there's something, it's so elementary that we should just know how to deep in our friendships, but it's, I just felt like I need to say, it's totally okay to improve in this area of your life and to get tools to do that. And I, and how cool was it that 30 women responded? I mean, it's wild. And I think the reality is, is that it changes as our life goes on because becoming friends at school when we're in elementary school is very different than when we were in college. It's very different than we're out on our own. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just like parenting, right? Like you have to have you have to learn how to parent a baby. Then you got to learn how to parent a toddler. You got to learn how to parent elementary school students. And what worked when you were parenting a baby doesn't work when you're parenting a middle schooler. Yeah. And so you're constantly learning. I think the same is true for our lives because I made some of the best friends in my life in law school, but we Mm. were in the grind together. And it's very different living in my single family home in a small town with my husband and our three kids where you don't have the same kind of community. It just looks different. And so how do we develop friendships in this context, which is going to be a different skill set than it was in that context? That's a great metaphor. That's so good. I love that. It's very similar to parenting. You have to be flexible and adjust and grow with it and get new skills, new tools to work with what needs to be done for the now. Now, I think that's a lifelong process. We, yes. live in a ret- we live in a retirement community. And mm. I see this with retirees who are moving from maybe where they raise their kids and they have these connections and they're moving to a new community and they're trying to figure out how to make friends. I mean, it's right. very similar. So I think no matter where we are in the life process, we're constantly figuring out new contexts mm-hmm. and how to develop friendships in those contexts. So let me just ask you this. If a listener is listening to you right now, they're totally resonating with everything you said. They're like, yes, I feel like I have a million friends, but I'm not really having a deep friendship where I don't really actually feel close to any of them. What would be like two actionable steps they could take today that they could just start working on this? One, I would say go first. Hmm. Be willing to go first. Be willing to invite that friend out for coffee. Hmm. To somebody that you feel like you've connected with, but you guys really haven't made the time. Um, be willing to go first, not yeah. waiting for someone else to invite you because they may be feeling the same way. Right. Um, and I have one of the best friendships of my life started that way where hmm. we just kind of like run around in similar circles. We actually <laughs> didn't really like each other. Um, it's kind oh, of I a love that. funny story. <laughs> um, and now she is absolutely 
one of my closest, probably I text her probably um, more than anyone else, um, but it took us going to coffee together and just connecting and saying, um, like, let's get to know each other. And it just has grown since then. And um, it's become a beautiful, beautiful friendship. But it took, honestly, going outside of my comfort zone and her going outside of her comfort zone to show up. She was like, I don't know what this is about. Um, <laughs> and it, the friendship that has grown out of it has just been beautiful. So being willing to go first, to like invite that. people into your home um, in, in being real with them. Mm. I think that is so key. Um, I did something for a while. I was calling it Friday fritters. I would have um, some girls over on Friday mornings. I need to get it going again. I just get pick up some apple fritters from Publix. I love um, it. And just say, come over at 10 o'clock on Fridays because I'm off on Friday and uh, let's just hang. Like yeah. no program, nothing fancy. I think we overcomplicate things. Yes. So that would be my second suggestion would be just start simple. Don't mm-hmm. try to impress, just, just do something. I mean, just yeah. say, hey, you want to go for a walk? One of my other closest friends lives in my neighborhood and we'll text each other. Hey, you want to go for a walk tomorrow morning? It's the only time we really see each other but it's a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be elaborate. You don't have to figure out some great, our families are going to go out on these family adventures or we're going to go on a double date or we're going to yeah. have this big thing. Just, just start simple and mm-hmm. just be willing to be real. Um, because I don't feel like you have to keep up pretenses. Just be who you are. Yeah. I love that simple because you're removing the pressure too yes. of, of it having to like be perfect or super exciting. I love the fr- the fritters on Friday. I have a thing I called um, first Friday with friends and it. um, yeah, it's really fun, but I, I love that. That's really cool. So you're just so awesome and I want to talk to you more. So we're gonna have to figure out how to do this again, but now that we are friends, you, me, friending, how can we support you with, the, t- the twig cares. I want to hear more how we can practically get behind what you're doing because I love it. Well, one of the things I encourage everyone is with this, not everyone can foster, but everyone can do something to help. And so while our organization is located down in Florida, I would encourage people to look around your own community. Who is fostering? What is the current state of foster care in your area? And how can you come alongside people who are doing the work? Um, and if there's a vacuum there, reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you about how you can maybe step into that space because I do think this is a call that God has put on all of us to help in some way. Um, For our particular organization, um, you can find us on Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, all the places. Um, The Twig Cares. um, I think it's just The Twig on Facebook. Um, And our website is thetwigcares.com and you can kind of follow along with what we're doing People can send donations of clothing if they would like. Um, we do a wish list Wednesday every week where we put up our, our greatest needs and people will just jump right on Amazon and they'll just order a couple things and ship it right to our store. And that's a really cool way that someone can do something very practical to help these children who are in care. And I think that's a big piece is people care about the foster care issue. I think they're like, oh yeah, I really want to help kids in foster care, but they don't often know how. And this is a way that people can bridge that gap um, in, in a really, really kind of simple way of starting right where they are. And then what I find is that it usually starts with that. And then as people's interest grows, they figure out what more can I do? What more can I do? And so I would encourage people to look into that and say, not everyone can foster, but everyone can do something to help. Um, and that would, that would be my encouragement. And if you want to say, Callie, how can I find something in my own area? You can reach out to me as well. You can find me on all the social media platforms, um, Instagram, Callie underscore Cowan. 
um, Twitter, same thing. You can find me on Facebook. And I have a podcast as well called Doing Good Well, hmm. where I interview people who are doing good in the world and who are doing it well. And so some inspiring stories. I'm um, actually um, next week I, or later this week, I'm interviewing a young woman who aged out of foster care and That's who is cool. now taking her experience to hmm. pour into the lives of teenagers um, who are in care. And so just kind of sharing some of those stories. But I just encourage everyone to start where you are, look around and see where God is at work and how, ask, how can you join him in that work? That's awesome. And I'm going to put all the things you just mentioned in the show notes. So if you were like, oh my gosh, I didn't get that down. Have no fear. It's, it's always in the show notes. You know that. So I'll put all that stuff down. Now we're going to wrap this interview up with my question that I ask every person. And it's so silly, but I love it. And that is if you could be friends with any person in the world, dead or alive, who would it be? You know, I had someone originally that I was thinking, but this other name keeps coming to mind. So I'm going okay. with this one. I want to be friends with Oprah. Yeah. Why not? She I want to be friends with Oprah. <laughs> right? I mean, she is a mover and a shaker and a strong yes. woman. Yes. And I just want to be friends with Oprah. Yeah. So there you go. That's do. my person. <laughs> I think everybody wants to be friends with Oprah, but I'm just glad that you said it out loud because I don't think anybody <laughs> would have the moxie to admit that. Like, um, let's be friends, Oprah. Come on, yeah. bring it on. Seriously, Oprah, connect. Thank you so much, Callie. I appreciate you sharing your heart and your experience and some really important insight on how to deepen friendships. So thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for having me. Before we get into how to deepen friendship and the takeaways that we've learned from Callie today, I just want to encourage everyone to take a moment at some point today and look up thetwigcares.com. Maybe when Callie was talking, you just felt moved that you wanted to support this work, or maybe you have some questions for her about how you can support foster care where you are. Do not ignore that little push in your heart that you're feeling, okay? I don't know who needs to hear that right now. I don't know what listener is feeling like they need to act on that, but this is Noelle cheering you on and saying, go for it. Okay, here are three quick takeaways from the gold that Callie gave us, and then I have a little question for us I want to ponder, okay? A little thought that I want us to kind of ruminate on. All right. The first takeaway is in order to have a deeper friendship with somebody, there has to be a measure of vulnerability shared and we have to be willing to go first. Yeah. You can't wait for the other person. We have to go first. So if you are feeling like you want to have deeper conversation or deeper connection with other people, other women, I encourage you to practice taking small steps, not huge steps, okay? Small steps of vulnerability, sharing things that maybe would be a little hard for you to share, but not so scandalous if you're following what I'm saying here. This really varies from person to person. It's very hard to tell you what exactly you should start with, but a good thing that you can try doing is just praying. I mean, this is what I do, so I'm just going to share this with you, and asking the Holy Spirit, what is a thing I can share, or where can I start in my heart with the friends that I have? What should I be letting them know is a part of my life, a passion I have, something I've gone through? I find that when I'm praying about these things, 
the time it takes to actually figure out where to start is kind of cut down. When I'm left to my own devices to sift through all the things inside my head and my heart as to what I'm going to vulnerably share, it could be a hundred million years. That's my little personal tip for you. But yes, you need to be willing to go first. I need to be willing to go first. And that's scary. Trust me. I get it. But when you do take that first step, you are opening the door for vulnerability to be reciprocated. And, you know, the great Brene Brown says vulnerability begets vulnerability. And she seems to know what she's talking about. So let's be willing to go first. Embrace the fear and then share. Okay. The second takeaway is to pour into the friends we already have. Invest even more. Sometimes I think this this does happen. We have friendships and they're not as deep as we want them to be. And so we think we need new friendships or more friendships and maybe we'll find depth somewhere else. But really what needs to happen is we need to get the old emotional shovel out and dig a little deeper with the friends we have. Go there a little bit more. Get a little bit more vulnerable. Be the first one to share. If it's uncomfortable at first, that is okay. Okay? You're not going to always meet somebody and immediately feel like you have this connection where you can share with them anything. That's rare. I know that some of you say it happens. It doesn't necessarily happen to me, but I will tell you that time is the currency to trust and trust needs to be there if vulnerability is going to grow. It's like the secret ingredient. You're never going to really be truly vulnerable with somebody if you don't trust them. And the only way you're going to build trust with someone is if you're dealing in time, you're spending time with them. So I just want to encourage all of us to really heed what Callie said and to look around and go, who are the friends I already have that I can pour into, that I can spend more time with, that I can intentionally call them on the phone and encourage them on a weekly basis, or I can text them on a weekly basis and find out what exactly is going on in their life and how I can support them. That circle of friends will probably get a little bit smaller if you start to do friendship this way because you're only one person and you only have 24 hours in a day. So I want to encourage all of us to look around and identify three or four friends. If you only come up with one, hey, that's a great, that's a great start do not despise that. Pour into that one friend. I promise you that circle will grow. But don't try to identify more than three to four friends at this point in time, okay? Stick to three or four or less and say, who can I go deeper with? Even if I can't envision it now, who can I try? Okay? Keep it practical. And the last takeaway, takeaway number three, is to start simple. Oh, I loved Callie's example of Friday with fritters, or was it Fritter Fridays? I can't remember. But this is the stuff I like. I totally believe in this stuff. Creating space for people to meet in person on a regular basis 
oh my gosh, that's where depth just blossoms. I do this thing called First Friday with Friends. You're going to hear more about it very soon. I'm kind of excited to share it with you. So there's some good stuff coming. But very similarly to Friday with Fritters or Fritter Fridays, First Friday with Friends, which by the way, that was really hard to say, (laughs) is a monthly gathering where friends can get together. The same group gets together and spends time with one another. And there's a very loose structure attached to it. But I tell you, that is where depth is born. Now you're going to see here, there's two things, all right? There's two things that are going to help you deepen friendships. Time and vulnerability. Time plus vulnerability equals depth. When you add those two things into a friendship, you're going to find that depth does happen. It does happen, but you got to stick at it. And it's not always comfortable. It's not always overnight. In fact, I'm going to say it's not overnight. Rarely it is, but it does happen. So keep at it and do not give up. So those three takeaways, let's just go over them again because I'm a person that forgets easily. Number one, be willing to go first in the area of vulnerability. Number two, pour into the friends you already have. Stop looking for that, you know, bestie, that soulmate, that bosom buddy, whatever you want to say. (laughs) I always think about... um, Anna Green Gables and the friendship that Anne and Diana had just makes me laugh. So who can you pour into? Who can you pour into right now? Identify three to four people or less. And the last takeaway is start simple and create some space for you and your friend or friends to get together, put a little time and maybe even a little vulnerability And then you're going to get some depth. So what could you do? What is your version of Friday with friends or Fritter Fridays or Friday? I can't, I can't keep doing this anyways. So think of something. What can you do now? I'm going to just tell you that I have a little cool thing. I want to share with you really quick that I created a while ago and it's called the sanity hour kit. Let me explain very similar to Callie's Fritter Fridays, which I'm laughing every time I say it because it's very hard to say, Um, or Friday with Fritters. The Sanity Hour kit came out of this place where I began to meet with three other women on a monthly basis. And we really began to grow our friendship. I can honestly say that we were able to cultivate real depth there because We committed to meeting with each other once a month over dinner. And of course, this kind of had to stop over the whole quarantine COVID. And um, I'm very sad about that, but we still stay connected. And we started to call ourselves the Sacred Sanity Circle, which is almost as hard to say as First Friday with Friends and Fritter Fridays. But I thought, you know, this whole idea of getting together on a regular basis is so important. And yes, as women, we want to do that, but it's very difficult to actually do that practically and make it happen because everybody's busy, right? 
everybody's busy. So I thought, let me put together something that just can make it easy and takes all the guessing out of planning something like this, you know, just does all that work for you. So you can download this. This is a free resource called the Sanity Hour Kit. I'm going to put it in the show notes because it's just easier. But if you're thinking, you know, I do, I do want to start to get together with these, with these women in my life so that we can cultivate depth in our friendships so that we can be more vulnerable because we're putting the time into each other. Well, here you go. This is going to help you kind of plan something with a couple people. It really spells it out. It's very simple, but um, it's there for you if you want it completely free. I just want to see more women have life-giving friendship. That's my mission in life. So this is for you and share with your people. And then if you do this, if you use this kit and start having regular get-togethers with your friends, I want to hear about it. Send me a little email because I'm nosy. Also, I want to say this week we are kicking off our book club series. We're doing the book together When to Walk Away, Finding Freedom from Toxic People by Gary Thomas. So tune in this Thursday. We're going to talk a little bit about this book. If you have not purchased the book or have not read it, there is no condemnation for you. There's no shame for you. You do not have to read the book to get something out of this. In fact, listening to the episode will definitely be an education in itself. So tune in, okay? You don't have to skip it unless you want to, but if you are interested but cannot commit to reading the book, don't worry about that, all right? I'd rather just have you there because I like you. And as always, I want to remind you about our Friending Squad Facebook group. This is a private Facebook group for our friending community, and you are invited to join us. This is a great place if you have specific friendship situations that you want to run by other women who are committed to growing life-giving female friendship in their own life. And it's also a great place to make friends. So I hope to see you there. All right. Okay. That's all for today. Now go out there and be a good friend to someone because the world needs more of them. They need more women who are good friends to other women in this world. Together, we make this place better. Okay, till next time, your friend, Noelle. Hey, did you enjoy this episode? Do you love the podcast show Friending? Then do us a favor and go to iTunes to leave us a five-star review. And while you're there, tell us in the comments what you love about Friending, because I'm curious. Thanks for being a friend.